What's up, everyone? This is Andrew from Drew Code Sports Talk. Yeah, you heard it. Drew Code Sports Talk. We're back. And over in his house, and it looks like in his living room slash kitchen, it is my co-host, Cody Johnson. Cody, what's up, man? What up? What's going on, man? Well, we are excited. We are uh, finally in the podcast biz, and uh, we're not on the YouTube. Well, we might still do videos, but for right now, we are podcasting it. (laughs) So it's really nice because I get to be home. My wife is sitting next to me plucking her eyebrows, and Cody is over there. Uh, I don't know. I don't see anyone else, so he might be lonely right now. No, I've got I've got my dog over here still looking for attention. She's a she's a needy one. So <laughs> that's funny. My wife is too. So anyway, oh, but um, <laughs> she can't hear me. So are you? She can't hear you. So it's all good. Uh-oh, um, the screen went black. Something happened to Drew. Something after his comment. Something happened, guys. He's gone. Well, we are excited to be back, and uh, as you can tell, we're having fun right now so cody let's just get into the meat and potatoes let's do it Cody, you we like to have fun, but we did get some really, really, really terrible news. Um, I know you and I were hanging out that day, um, and uh, like that was basically the topic for the whole day. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Kobe Bryant uh, passed away on Sunday alongside with his daughter Gigi um, and seven others on a on a very devastating helicopter crash it was absolutely terrible it's a sad day in sports and basically just a sad day in general it turned out um i mean what cody i'll have you start off you know what did kobe mean to you oh man i mean um you know what i i shared with you at this i i think it was on sunday or monday um honestly what kobe meant to me was a lot um you know i didn't really have a, a dad growing up you know, so it was just my mom and I, and, uh, one of the first things I fell in love with was basketball. And I actually fell in love with it at a pretty, pretty late age. I'd say like around 12, I'd say. And, uh, one of the games when I used to start watching was the Lakers. Cause of course in California, the Lakers were always on. And, uh, at the time they were in the middle of their three peat, uh, the first one with, uh, Phil Jackson. And, uh, you know, like watching Kobe was mesmerizing, you know, he he was this uh, young kid that took the league by storm and he was just this incredible athlete and uh, him with Shaq, you just never thought they'd ever lose. They just always seemed to win. And then uh, as I got older, I, I was still a fan of his throughout the years of when they got rid of Shaq and only kept Kobe. And it got really, uh, it got really uh, stale for a long time where it was just basically Kobe getting them in the playoffs and they get bounced in the first round. And then I was with them on the roller coaster ride when they won it two years in a row with Gasol. And then I was on the roller coaster with them when he tore his Achilles. And, you know, what he meant to me was just like how to play basketball. I mean, who didn't emulate, you know, Kobe Bryant when you were younger? I mean, um, you know, for me, I didn't watch 
like I said, I didn't get into basketball until I was about 12. So Michael Jordan was uh, just came out of retirement the second time and was playing <laughs> for the Wizards and was a complete shell of himself. And uh, even after that, you know, it was only Kobe. And, uh, you know, he was just fearless. And then as I got older and I've seen him after he retired and as a parent now and seeing him as a parent, I really just – uh, had this connection with him, even though he doesn't know who he didn't know who I was, of course, of being a parent and being in love with your kids and supporting them and all that stuff and really touched me as and being able to see him, you know, be really close with his daughter and in, in terms of like her being into basketball and him supporting that. And, you know, you and I are, are parents to daughters. So, um, you know, that hashtag uh, girl dad going out there. I mean, who I mean, you and I feel that the most because um, you know, Kobe made it, Kobe made it um, a point to get women's sports to the level it is now with, uh, you know, even with the WNBA uh, adjusting their, uh, their, uh, their guidelines and, and all that stuff with their, um, when they went through their, uh, their negotiation for their player rights and all that stuff, you know, and, and basically Kobe was an advocate for, for girls. And, um, you know, it made me want to do the same thing for my daughter because yeah, she can do whatever she wants. Uh, they can either, either one of them can do whatever they want. So, you know, it just was super sad to hear that tragedy just because like only 41 years old had a ton of stuff ahead of them and loved by literally everybody. And if anything, the only good thing, the only good thing that could have came of this is, Kobe Bryant is probably one of the only people that has ever walked this planet that's actually united people of different backgrounds, beliefs, and opinions. You know, it just, I, I've been on Twitter and just seeing uh, all the interviews of all the players and uh, how they feel, not hearing a single bad thing about Kobe and how they, he, they uh, didn't care about him or this. Like, he was just a, a guy that wanted the best out of you and questioned you if you weren't giving your best and just you know, he was that kind of a person and universally loved by almost everybody, man. So, I mean, it's, yeah. it was tough to lose him for sure. Yeah. It was really sad. I know it kind of similar to what you were saying. Um, you know, growing up, I, I, you know, my dad was, um, uh, big into sports. So, you know, when it was basketball season, we always watched basketball. And so I got to watch, um, you know, the 95, 96 Bulls with Michael Jordan. I mean, incredible, you know, Scotty Pippen, Tony Kukoc, you know, all those guys. But, you know, you always watched it. It wasn't for that whole team. It was more for uh, Michael Jordan, you know, to see what he was going to do, you know, what shot he was going to make that was just going to come up huge. That was – you knew that the Bulls were going to win it again. You know, they were going to go and win the, win the championship again. So, you know – you that's what I grew up watching, but I, I could never get into the bulls. And then all of a sudden this kid, uh, number eight with a fro, um, all you would see were highlights, him either fading away or just jamming it on someone and just, you know, like screaming at the top of his lungs after he just dunked it on some seven, one guy, right. um, you know, was ridiculous. And then you see this other seven, one guy who's, absolutely bigger than any human being you've ever seen in your life <laughs> you know is Shaq and Kobe and yeah. so they were always always on tv and actually my dad grew up in the bay area so he was he was always like a bay area fan so you know he liked the golden state warriors they were never on tv though so I could never get behind the warriors 
Um, so I always watch the Lakers and I grew to love them. I love watching Kobe. Um, yeah. And, you know, to be perfectly honest, Shaq was always my favorite. I always loved Shaq because, you know, he was, he wasn't as cocky as what Kobe was. And, you know, I grew up and, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't really act like that, but right. it's kind of funny now that, you know, I've gotten older and you kind of look back on it and you go, it wasn't that he was cocky. He, he really believed what he was saying that he was going to be better than Jordan, that he was, he was going to be the guy. He right. was going to be the goat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He knew that he was going to be that. And, you know, looking back, you can, you look at that and you go, well, you know, this kid is, this kid's so cocky, you know, he, he's just spewing out all this stuff because he wants to be relevant, but right. no, he, he knew it. He, and he meant it and he was going to work at it until he got there. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, seeing that growing up with Kobe, it was, it was absolutely, you just, you don't really think about it until it's already gone. And yeah. that's like, that's why I, I've now like watching a LeBron James, you, you just want to live in the moment. You want to live and say, yeah, I saw him do this and I saw him win this, you know? Um, so definitely, you know, Kobe put that in perspective for everyone, but also off the court too. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've actually seen a lot of stuff where people are saying, you know, well, you know, Kobe made some mistakes in, in the past. Well, yeah. So if we, I think everyone has, you yeah. know, and are we saying that we don't believe in second chances and he really actually paid for his mistakes. I mean, he had to do the time and for years and years after Shaq left and after all this whole controversy, mm-hmm. um, people hated him. People yeah. hated Kobe. He had to rehabilitate his image with the Lakers and still winning games. And then when Pau Gasol came, it was like a, it was like some sort of energy just came into Kobe and he got back to where we remember Shaq and Kobe. And now it was Kobe's team with a guy named Pau Gasol and, mm-hmm. you know, Lamar Odom kind of came by later in that. So it was just really cool to see. Um, and you know, I, I've also been seeing, well, you know, there were seven other people, not just, you know, Kobe and his daughter. And I, I don't think anyone's arguing that there were, there was nine people on there, but you know, there are two people that we've seen. I mean, Kobe, for me, we saw his whole career. Mm -hmm. And so there's always going to be an impact. I mean, I'm sure the other people, um, you know, did something that was absolutely spectacular. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not denying that at all, but, mm-hmm. you know, the immediate impact that you saw day in and day out, especially in an NBA season, you saw Kobe. And then when he came out of uh, the NBA and was working on, you know, winning an Oscar for God's sakes and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, just seeing like what kind of dad he was. It's, it's a huge impact. And, you know, Kobe used his platform for good um, in my eyes. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's a devastating loss. Yeah. Just like what you said, I have a daughter. She's now a little interested in basketball. I say little, because I'm not sure if she's (laughs) completely sold on it yet, but, you know, she really wants to try and, like seeing the videos of Kobe and, and his daughter and like 
her playing and even when she was little she was just like standing by him like dribbling next to him and mm-hmm. it's just it, it's such a cool sight and you know it's something that you know i i definitely wish that yeah you know i i'll have with my daughter later on yeah very cool well hey yeah. man so i've actually been seeing a lot of things on twitter and a couple of things on espn where there are actually some nba players that are taking upon themselves to either retire the 24 or if they're wearing number eight from the team and just completely change it a couple of them uh 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 cook uh for the lakers he had originally number two mm-hmm. um, and then he actually is going to exchange it for 28 two being for uh gg and uh, eight being for kobe in his first run and then uh i think the most notable one right now is uh spencer uh dimwitty is that how you pronounce the mm-hmm. name uh, yeah. he, he went from he's going from number eight to 26 two plus uh six being eight um and then uh another big one that we actually talked about on um i think it was sunday um was uh mark cuban uh said that nobody in the dallas mavericks team will ever wear 24 again so um do you think that the nba should just universally retire number eight and 24 in honor of kobe i mean it- I want to start out by saying I think that's such a cool idea. I, I love that Mark Cuban even did that. Mm-hmm. Um, in my mind, I think it would be more impactful and more, I would say, unique mm-hmm. um, when you're talking about having just the Lakers retire 8-24 and keeping it that way. Which they've already um, done. Yeah. So – I, I mean, I do respect that everyone wants to do that and, you know, they want to just retire it all together in the whole NBA. I'm not opposed to it. I'm not saying I think that's bad. I just think it means more that they're retired for the team that he played for. You know, if he if he had played for another team, then I'd be I think I'd be more um, saying, yeah, just just retire those numbers. But um, in my mind, I think keep it with the Lakers. If teams want to do it themselves, um, you know, I'm not saying don't do that. I'm just saying as the NBA as a whole, I, I don't feel like um, it should be retired all the way around. Sure. Um, just because sure. I think it means more with the Lakers. Yeah. I mean, I think last season they've already retired both of his numbers. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying. Um uh, this is a tough one, actually. I wouldn't be opposed to it, per se. Like, if they decided to do it universally, I think, hey, great. You know, you know, if that's uh, if that if the NBA wants to do that to honor Kobe, I think that'd be that'd be great. You know, um, I I imagine though there might be some players that when they come in the league, they might want to have those numbers though in remembrance because you know that could have been said idle. Um, I think one of them, for example, Buddy healed for. Sacramento Kings he currently wears 24 and he he's mentioned no plans of changing it just because he wants to wear it to keep honoring Kobe Uh, Mm -hmm. but um, you know if they don't retire both numbers um, I don't think it's a big deal Um, I think if teams did an image like you said that'd be okay Um, you know so I'm I'm kind of indifferent it's either it's either one for me I can understand if not every team is going to if the league won't do it uh, across all teams that like mandatory it uh, make it mandatory, pardon me. But, um, you know, if teams did it individually, you know, I think that's a little different. But what I would say, and I would make an argument for, is I think that Kobe needs to 
be the new logo of the NBA, though. I yeah. think that would be a more deserving honor. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think Jerry West's logo um, has been has been cemented in history. I think mm-hmm. now, because um, what the NBA has been really relevant for the what last, uh, we'll say, fifty years. Is that right? Um, you know, with uh, or actually no, what is it with Jerry West's logo was? I think we'll have to research this, but I think it was done in the seventies or eighties. I think. Uh, no, I think it was in the 60s or 70s. Anyways, mm-hmm. point being, though, I think um, if we're going to, for the next 50 years, I think we need to change it to Kobe. I think, you know, he devoted 20 years to one franchise. And uh, I think it'd be fantastic to put the logo uh, as Kobe. And I know that there's a petition that's been going out. I don't know if you've seen it circling on Facebook or anything like that, but it's already got 2 million people that have signed <laughs> for it. Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense because I think after a certain amount, it goes to the president to do something. And I think he's a little bit preoccupied, so I don't know how far it'll go. But <laughs> point being, though, is like, I, I hope the NBA just does that. I think that'd be – I would actually like to see that more than the jerseys retired, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think I think the logo idea is, is a lot more powerful, um, and his legacy goes on for a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was already talk that they were trying to get rid of um, the logo that as they have it now with Jerry West. They were talking about, you know, changing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think now you have a perfect time. Yeah. Um, I really hope they do that because I think um, Kobe is definitely deserving of it. Yeah. You know, Jerry West wasn't the best player um, in his in in his heyday. Um, to be the logo Um, and I mean I'm not saying Kobe Bryant isn't the best I'm just saying you know I would you know Michael Jordan obviously Kobe Bryant and LeBron James I would put them about even and I think you know Michael Jordan has his own brand Mm -hmm. you know LeBron James is creating his own brand he's still in the game Mm -hmm. why not have Kobe as the logo you know he's he's one of the greatest if not the greatest basketball player we've seen yeah I, so. I I agree. I I'd like to see that. I think that'd be really really cool. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. But um, anyways, so our you know, I think you I think you and I both speak to this that our thoughts and prayers are still going out to, um, you know, the Bryants and also the other families that were affected. So you know, we're still absolutely about them and you know, you and I have lost loved ones and you know in the last few years amongst each other. So you know, it's not hard to lose. It's very hard to lose family, and it's. Uh, you know, all you can, all you can get is support and prayers and, you know, hopefully that they find peace after all this. So. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, let's, uh, let's not end it on a sad note. Uh, we have, there are other things that are going on right now. So, uh, let's, uh, let's get a little bit happier. Huh? Yeah. Hey, hey, Drew, are you doing anything this Sunday? I'm not sure if there's anything going on or not, but. Um, well, I've been hearing that there's a game. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, I think it's in Miami. Uh, it's called... like the last NFL game of the season. Oh, is it called what's um, this meme? No? Yeah, no, oh, okay. no, oh, no, okay. no, no. That's another thing. That's another oh, thing. Geez. Yeah. All right. No, um, it's a Super Bowl. I think that's uh, what it's called. Oh, is that when everyone just puts a bunch of pot in a bowl and just? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Sorry, that's I'm sorry. That was a poor bad. That was a poor dad joke. I'm sorry. Yeah, there's his dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Super Bowl Fifty Four is here. It's going to be on Sunday, man. That's that's crazy. Yeah. Um. So, well, 
before we get into who wins and why, mm-hmm. um, first I wanted to ask you how how do you think the Niners are going to stop a really we all know that the Niners have a great defense, but how do they stop a really high-powered, really fast mm-hmm. uh, Chiefs offense and probably the best quarterback in the game right now? Well, I think the best way to stop them is uh, I don't think there's a scheme that you can necessarily rely on just because the Chiefs have so many options that they can do to just kind of obliterate whatever your scheme might be. I mean, you can double Tyreek, but then you got to worry about uh, you know, the other receivers that are also as fast. And not only that, but you got to worry about uh, uh, Kelsey as well, who's a fast tight end in himself with a with great set of hands. And then you got the running backs to worry about. Oh, and by the way, don't forget about the guy throwing them the ball, Patrick Mahomes, who can almost put the ball wherever he feels like it and also can run with the ball. So, you know, you got to take that in consideration. But, you know, I think in order for the Niners to stop the Chiefs is it's going to take pressure from, uh, you know, from the interior line to to basically Nick Bosa is going to have to get after um, Mahomes. I think they're going to have to go with some line linebacking blitz and rely on those DBs and rely on those veterans back there to kind of watch out for those zones whenever they try to sit in the zone to beat the blitz, you know. Um, I think uh, if they could find a way to pressure Mahomes to where he doesn't have enough time to really let their plays develop, because that's how they that's how they get you is the stretching. Uh, when they go down the field and they stretch the play out. If they can find a way to, to just, you know, to just let them be a screen running team and then just have that defense bottle them up, I think that's the best way to do it. But, I mean, you got to be careful double teaming. you gotta, you got to more or less just rely on your interior line to just go in on those uh, – go in on those O-linemen, and, uh, you know, that'll mean um, if you bring in enough pressure, that means that they're going to have to ask, uh, you know, bring in another tight end, which brings a receiver off the field. They're going to maybe bring in, a, uh, have their running backs chip, which means they're not going to be able to do screen plays very much because they're worried about the blocking. So I think the Niners can do this if they can rush the, rush the passer. I mean, uh, let's go back to 2007 when it was the Giants and the uh, Patriots, and the Patriots had – literally the number one offense in all of football history. And uh, what did they do to stop that? They got after Tom Brady. So he couldn't, he couldn't, uh, you know, he couldn't spread the ball around because he was under pressure so much. So, you know, not saying that Brady is a Patrick Mahomes now, you know, or whatever, but I'm saying though, is you get, you pressure the quarterback and he doesn't have time to throw the ball or, you know, he's too scared to make a decision. So he either goes down with a sack or he throws it away and you get him off the field. So that's how I think the, Niners are going to have to stop this offense. Yeah, I've, I've, mine's kind of similar, but um, it kind of sounds silly because everyone's been talking about how Patrick Mahomes is is not necessarily a scrambling quarterback, but he's a guy who can run. Mm-hmm. And I think, honestly, the way that the Niners are going to need to beat the Chiefs is to actually make Mahomes run. Um the reason what I'm saying is you're not giving him time to throw. So he's got to roll outside. Now he's got talented receivers where they can get open. So I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be a few times where he's going to be able to, you know, thread the needle or, or get the ball to Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey or whoever. Right. But you're going to, if you're constantly making him get out of the pocket and run or have to run for a first down, that's going to add up and, 
towards the end of the game, he's not going to want to. So you're, you know that even when you pressure him, he's going to stay in that pocket, which is going to make it a lot easier to swipe at that ball right. or to get that sack, however you need him, however um, you need to get him out of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with the Niners, you're just, you're going to have to really just flush him out of the pocket. I mean, it sounds, it sounds absolutely insane, mm-hmm. but you know, he's not a guy like a Cam Newton who can constantly run the whole time. He runs when he has to. In this case, if you make him run, even when he doesn't have to, then you're going to make him put some miles on those tires. And towards the end of the game, um, like I said, he's going to sit back and it could be like the whole Eagles and, and Patriots Super Bowl where uh, the Eagles pop that ball out and basically sealed the deal. So I think if you're the Niners, um, obviously you want to try and slow down Tyreek Hill as much as you can. You want to slow down Travis Kelsey as much as you can. Mm-hmm. You want to keep uh, Mahomes at bay. Right. But I think it's going to have to start with Mahomes, and I think you make him run, you make him tired towards the end of the game. He's not going to want to run anymore. He's going to want to stay in the pocket, which makes him an easier target. Um, not saying that Mahomes can't do it from the pocket, but um, when you're tired, it is a it is a different way to throw it. Right. Yeah, for sure. So okay. So the Niners, though, against the Packers, did, uh, dis- destroyed them by running the ball. Uh, some 300 yards or something like that, four touchdowns, Merced, uh, uh, is that how you pronounce his name, Merced or uh, Morissette? Mostret, Mostret. Mostret, okay. Uh, so how do you think the Chiefs are going to handle their that running game? Because the Chiefs' run defense isn't that great to begin with. So how do you think that they're going to stop that? And do you think that that's – do you think the Niners need to rely on that running game? Well, I, I think the Niners are going to have to rely on the running game because that is what got them here. That's what they started with all year was the run game. It was all based on the run game, so they cannot go away from that. I do feel like in the beginning of the game, the Niners are actually really going to try and start out throwing. Mm-hmm. And the reason being is they want to show you, listen, Jimmy Garoppolo can get it done if we need him to. And I think they're going to show that early. So they have to think about it for the rest of the game because we all know about the running game. I mean, we're what they almost ran for 400 yards against Packers. Pretty much. And watching the Chiefs and Raiders games, we saw Josh Jacobs absolutely annihilate the Chiefs defense. I mean, they they could not stop it at all. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, luckily for them, our defense was absolutely terrible. So, you know, Mahomes could throw four touchdowns in a in a quarter, and that's all he needed for the rest of the game. Yeah. And we had to go away from the run game. <laughs> yep. But so you do you do know that they can run on you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're the Chiefs, you might have to kind of cheat um, Honey Badger in a little bit. I think you he's such a good tackler. Um, you might have to have him kind of in a hybrid linebacker safety type position every now and then. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's going to blitz a lot. Um, you know, the issue though is you have to worry about Kittle. You know, Kittle, who's going to guard him if if uh, Matthew is is uh, trying to blitz? You know, um, and I just don't believe in the Chiefs linebackers as much. Um, they have some really good pass rushers. 
Um, but to stop this running game, I think they're really going to have to load the box. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a it's kind of a dangerous game. But I think, you know, who would you rather have you beat? Uh, you know, the the running game, would you rather be beaten almost 400 yards like the Packers? Mm-hmm. Or would you rather say, well, Jimmy Garoppolo went for, you know, 500 passing yards. I mean, the guy was on fire. Right. It's a lot easier to say Jimmy Garoppolo because he's the quarterback. He's supposed to do that. You know, as far as the running game, that that just shows that you got beat all game. So yeah. I think, honestly, they're going to try and make them one-dimensional. I think they are going to load the box, mm-hmm. and I think they're going to make Jimmy Garoppolo beat them. That makes a lot of sense. Actually, I think what what uh... – what will end up happening is if the Niners do try to run, uh, pass the ball to kind of, uh, in a sense, do some play action against uh, the Chiefs to kind of keep them on their toes, I don't think that's going to work very well. I think that'll play into the Chiefs' hands. Um, I think then Jimmy G will make a lot of mistakes throwing the ball, trying to force the ball in, make a make a play early when it's not needed. But I think if the I think the Niners do need to just kind of uh, run the ball. And honestly, if you run the ball, and even if you're partially successful, what does running the ball do? It opens up uh, play action. And you know play action is like one of my favorite plays because if your run game is legit, it's hard to stop. And uh, it just leaves you so many options depending on uh, who you're going to or what you're, uh, who your receiver is that you're, that's going to come open from it. But, you know, I don't think the Chiefs are going to be able to stop the Niners' uh, run game. I think what will end up happening is um, the Niners are going to find a way to make these long drives because the mm-hmm. Chiefs are such a such a fast offense, I think, you know, Chiefs are going to probably run six plays, not milk about two minutes off the clock, give it to the Niners, who are going to run 12 plays, milk eight minutes off the clock, you know, and yeah. just grind it out. And what will end up happening is towards the later part of the game when the defense has been on the field, you know, uh, out of the 60 minutes that they'll be playing, they'll probably have been on the field about 45 minutes of that, which is a lot. And they're going to be tired. And then what's going to happen, they're going to feed the ball to the running backs and they're going to there's nothing the Chiefs can do. They're too tired. All they're going to do is stop the run after it gets about eight to ten yards uh, of gain. So, you know, yeah. I don't think I don't think the Chiefs the Chiefs didn't have a good run defense going into this game, and they didn't have a very good one in the middle of the season, or even that much into the playoffs. Um, I mean, look, Derrick Henry he still had a rushing touchdown, but really, it's not the Chiefs had a really good defense of stopping him. It was just you know the play calling wasn't there. How do you not? feed him the ball a bunch of times and let him just do his thing you know so well and the you know they were they had to go into a passing mode after they were losing you know after a while right so but but even still though before that they had to do that they weren't stopping Derrick Henry at all so (laughs) I don't I don't see them I don't see their run game stopping the Niners I think what doesn't help either is at least with uh, the Titans, they have one person you got to stop. Granted, he's a huge, he's like a, Le- he's like a LeBron James <laughs> with an extra 50 pounds of muscle on him. But uh, now they've got two running backs. Uh, you know, one is a change of, one is a change of speed and the other one is just a shifty back in uh, Brita yeah. and, um, uh, and what is it, Morissette, you said? Most trip. Most trip. Sorry, I'll get it one day. Uh, words are hard, but anyways, uh, I just don't. I just don't see the Chiefs stopping the running backs. There's just no way. Yeah, and I think we're also forgetting. I mean, Matt Breed is a is a really good running back, but I I really have liked uh, Tevin Coleman uh, for a long time. The only issue is he's always he's always injured. Yeah, you know what? I Once thought, every yeah, I every year. He's a lead back, to be honest with you. But um, you know, I think he's. 
I think he's injured. I don't even think he's going to play in the Super Bowl. If he is, he's not going to get he's not going to get hardly any snaps. I don't think. Uh, yeah, he he's a good pass catcher, mm-hmm. and I think that's what they were originally going to use him for because it was going to be him and Jarek McKinnon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously that's gone out the window because yeah, well, McKinnon, then, has McKinnon been out. blew his ACL out in, in the, I think in the off season or uh, in uh, yeah, in mm-hmm. spring or in, not spring training. It's not baseball in training camp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's going to be interesting. But I was kind of curious. You you kind of brought something up, and I wanted to ask you, mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy G. He does tend to in big games even in the Saints game I mean we we talk about what a big game he had he almost threw for 500 yards he he had four throwing touchdowns but the one thing that I always look at is what is his touchdown interception ratio and he had two picks in that game and there was one pick that I remember very vividly that we just I mean he absolutely forced it and it didn't need to be made that that play didn't need to be made and I see him make a lot of those a lot of those throws excuse me mm-hmm. um in like almost every single game I've seen him mm-hmm. um so do you think that Jimmy G is going to force something and create a turnover and do you think it's going to be a big impact or do you think it's going to be kind of one of those where it was he had to have made it I think what will end up happening is he – I so to answer the first part of that, yes, I absolutely do think he's going to throw an interception or he'll fumble the ball. Uh, now on when he will do that, uh, that's a little bit tougher because uh, sometimes he'll throw an interception first quarter of the game and then he checks the ball the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. And there's other times that he – it'll be in the fourth quarter and he's trying to make a play and then he just gets a little too cute or he forces the issue and then he gets picked off by the defense. So I think what will end up happening is it'll be – Something will happen. It'll be middle of the fourth quarter. They need a play. They need something to spark the offense. And he's going to force the ball down the field. And here comes Honey Badger, or here comes a DB that closes out on the defend on the receiver. And it, I think it's either going to be a tip or he's going to pick the ball off. But I, I definitely think that he will throw something. And I think it will definitely impact it because I think he'll he'll try to force it down the field when they need to get some points on the board. And they're just being a little their offense is being stalled like you know, this could be the one drive where their run game isn't necessarily getting the yardage that they're hoping for. So for him to try to make a big play and force it just to kind of get a spark or to get them moving is when I think he'll force the issue. And I think that's when it'll cause a turnover. If I had to put a prediction on it, I'm going to say it's probably going to be somewhere in the middle of the fourth quarter when he does this. If the game is close, I think that's when it'll happen. But yeah, Jimmy G, I think he's got, he's played in, uh, I think he has uh, less games played without an interception than he does with an interception, to be honest with you. So it's almost like he will throw one. It's just a matter of how many and at what part of the game will he throw it, you know? Yeah. I just, I think he forces the ball too much. Um, He, he tries to make plays big time. And I think having the game that he did against the Packers where he only had to throw it eight times, I actually do think it was really big for him. I think it was a huge thing for him to realize listen I don't have to win the game Um, but I do think that he will make that type of a mistake though uh, in this game and for some reason I I've been thinking about it this whole time and I think it's going to be in the third quarter sometime when um, the game is going to be close whether they're winning or losing Mm -hmm. um, and just makes a really bad read or bad throw Um, 
almost as bad as the throw that we saw uh, Fresno State in Minnesota. You know, one oh, of yeah. those where it was just like it, everyone it sees it, but he's trying to he's yeah. just trying to force it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, and if you guys don't know what we're talking about, look it up. Uh, overtime, Fresno State, Minnesota this year. Uh, absolutely terrible. There's a this guy open on the other side of the field. And the quarterback <laughs> floats it, and the DB just comes under it and just picks it off and then jump for a touchback. Game over. So, Good. you know, I just, I just see that happening with Jimmy Garoppolo because uh-huh. – in big games that I've seen him, like I, I referenced the Saints game, right? I mm-hmm. saw it in the Cardinals game twice, um, in the Seahawks games. I mean, he, I feel like he feels like he needs to really thread the needle and really show his arm. And I think that's actually going to be the, um, that, that's, that's honestly the inexperience of Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not saying he's a bad decision maker. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. What I'm saying is, he is still learning the game and there are going to be those mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is just going to have one of those really bad throws. Now, is that going to mean the game? I don't think so. Because like I said, I think it's going to be in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it'll be relatively still a lot of time on the clock. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was just kind of curious because like I said, I, I've been watching, um, a lot of Niners games late in this year. And I watched the Cardinals game and and all that jazz. And they just, mm-hmm. he makes those stupid throws. And sometimes they weren't picked off, but they should have been, right. you know? And so, um, you know, I think if you're the Niners, you're really going to have to, honestly, you should be prepared right. um, that there's going to be a pick. And, and what are you, how is your team going to respond for that, from that? Honestly, if Jimmy G can just be a, a game manager at this point and he doesn't, he doesn't need to be the superhero. I know that they paid him franchise money, which is great. I, I, I actually think that he does deserve it. I think he is that kind of a talented quarterback, but in this yeah. case, you know, you don't need to be too fancy with it. You know, um, you know, if your if your run game is going great, you don't need to be too cute with it. You don't need to make a play that is not necessary. Now, if you want to take a shot down the field to keep the defense honest, so that way if they're loading up the box and you need to just kind of challenge them down the field to kind of let the pressure off, then that's different. But you know, I, I agree. If you're if you're going to throw to a receiver that's triple coverage just to thread the needle, you know, that's not a smart play. You need to make a better decision or or find a better. Uh, better receiver to check it down to to just kind of save the save the series you know so yeah yeah well cody last but certainly not least i want to know who's winning super bowl 54 and why um i've got the niners winning and i'm gonna say it because their defense uh you know i think that the nick bose is gonna pressure Mahomes. i think they're gonna they're gonna bottle him up and uh you know i think if their pressure can start early to get kind of Mahomes some happy feet I think the Niners are going to do it, and I think it'll be a low-scoring uh, – well, I'm not going to say low-scoring game because my opinion of low-scoring isn't what low-scoring game really is nowadays. <laughs> you know, if you can score into 30 points, that's a low-scoring game. <laughs> Back in my day, yeah. <laughs> it used to be 6-3. <laughs> to three. That was a low-scoring <laughs> That was an average game. So I, yeah. think what, I think if I had to put a prediction on the score, I'm going to say uh, – I'll say 28-24 to 24, uh, uh, 49ers. I think they're going to – the defense is going to – uh, bottle up Patrick Mahomes and I think the run game is going to basically dominate the Chiefs and that's what's going to bring home a title to San Fran so what about you who you got and do you have a score I have the Chiefs winning um 
I just like like I've told you a million times, and I'm sure you're already sick of it. Um, but you know, I always go with my little method that I have, you know, who's the better quarterback, who's the better defense and who has the better coach. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if you have two out of the three, I pick you. And in this case, the chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, Mm -hmm. um, in this case, and defensively, um, the Niners are the better defense. And then in the better coach, I have Andy Reid because he's, he's more experienced. He's had more wins. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Kyle Shanahan is, is still learning how to be that head coach. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm not saying he's, you know, he's not going to, he's never going to win a Super Bowl. I just think this year he's got an inexperienced quarterback and I think that's going to be his downfall. Um, And I think Andy Reid really has uh, something special in the Chiefs. And if you want to go the extra mile, you want to say, okay, well, let's say that Kyle Shanahan is the better coach um, the next thing I look at would be the playmakers. Who who are the playmakers on that team? Well, you talk about the Chiefs. You have Tyreek Hill. You have Travis Kelsey. Um, I would put, you know, Nicole Hardman in that. I would put, um, you know, Sammy Watkins in that category. Those guys are all very good. You have to keep an eye on them. And then you talk about the 49ers. That's Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Emmanuel Sanders. That's That's George Kittle. Um, you know, you could put Mostrit on there or Tevin Coleman or Matt Breida, however you want to say it. I would definitely pick the Chiefs in that in that instance because I feel like the Chiefs that is a more potent uh weaponry than when than what the 49ers and again you have more experience there. Right. And I always go with experience on that. And so that's why I picked the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are going to win a very close game. I think it's going to be a 33-31 game. Okay. Chiefs. Yeah, that's that's a good one. I thought you were yeah. going to say it's going to be a close one, 45 to 20. You know, <laughs> well, <laughs> relatively the, close. Hey, in the XFL, which hopefully we get to talk about next week, yeah, XFL that would be semi close of a game because you yeah. can score it. I think it's up to like nine or ten points. Yeah, nine. I think it's nine. Yeah, it is nine points because it's a touchdown, and then you have an option for a three-point play, which will be completely insane. And plus, I think <laughs> um, we need to figure out if they're going to do fantasy for this season because uh, I think that'd be kind of fun to do. We've yeah, got it for almost every be. other sport. I think this one would be <laughs> curious to do. So. I know we didn't do hockey this year. No, I don't even know how to. I don't, I don't even know how to read hockey rules. I don't even know how it goes. I just anytime I see who's this kid again? Who's he? Wait, is hold he on. Why are, why are they going past the middle rink? Isn't that backcourt violation? I'm so confused. <laughs> Isn't that backcourt violation? <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate it so much. We are so happy to be back. We're so happy to be doing this. And, uh, yeah, since, uh, since we don't have to be next to each other all the time, I think we're going to be pumping out more of these, right? Yeah. I think we got a lot of feedback. Uh, you know, we kept asking, Hey, what's a great way to improve the show? They, they, they I, we got a lot of responses that stop showing your faces. So yeah. we're going, we're going with audio instead. So, <laughs> so we're listening to the fans. <laughs> all right, everyone. That is our time. Thank you guys so much. Hey, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are still going to be putting content out there. Uh, Probably not this week, but we will be soon. Um, Also, hey, like our uh, podcast and uh, please 
uh, rate and review on our podcast and tell us how we did, if we need to do any improvements. But please, any rate or review will help. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, guys.